your place, your space. What's on your mind, Shire? Monday mornings with Uncle Fernando on Bay FM 99.9. Listen to Uncle Fernando on Bay of Fin 88. <laughs> <laughs> 99.9. 99.9. I'm with current Byron Shire Mayor Michael Lyon. Great to speak to you again, Michael. Hey, Fernando. Look, lots to talk about. Let's start with the topic of the moment, the lockdown, of course. Unless we get another reported case beyond that uh, worker who uh, is part of the filming crew that was up here, we'll talk about that shortly. Do you expect that we will reopen this week? Yes, I think so. Um, I'd say based on what happened with Lismore, uh, we'll even get out a day early. So I'm, I'm hoping by Monday midnight um, we'll, we'll be all go. So the announcement will be today, Monday? Yes. Look, the state government says that New South Wales will reopen uh, once we reach the 70% double vaccination target. The latest figures show that the state is on track to have 90% with first dose by next month. Uh, But we're likely to be well behind here. And now we've got this uh, joint cross-party call from local state MPs urging the state government uh, to keep us close to Sydney siders until our region reaches that 70% vaccination rate. Do you support that call? Definitely something I support. I don't think we can open up too soon. There's a balance there to be struck, and I don't think when Sydney reaches 70% or even when the state reaches 70%, we won't be at 70%, and so I don't think at that point we'll be ready for uh, people to come into our region. We don't want our health system overloaded, um, and we know how quickly that can happen. We heard Jane Laverty from Business New South Wales say that if we sort out the supply issue, we won't need to stay close to outsiders because we'll reach that 70% vaccinated target by the time the state reopens. Do you share her optimism on that? Well, it depends when the state reopens, I suppose. Um, If you're talking about the state reopening in two weeks, then obviously not. If you're talking about the state reopening uh, to travel, for example, to our region by maybe the start of November, I think that's potentially achievable. So if it's the middle or end of October? No, there's no way. I mean, there's a lot of people that are still waiting for that first dose of Pfizer. Then you've got to have three weeks uh, delay before you have your next, and then another two weeks for full efficacy. And I don't think we should really be talking about it until we're ready at that that stage. So that's five weeks um, from now. So that takes us into November. Do you think we could be at 70% by then? Yes, I think so. I think looking at what I mean, we're already we're already over 60. Uh, we went up 5% um, last week. Um, and with more availability coming this week, um, I can't see that that's... Yeah, I think by the start of November, we should easily be able to get there. And are those supply issues being sorted? We are going to have enough? Well, we're told that they are. I mean, it's been next week for a number of weeks now that we're going to be getting these increased doses. But it was a a media release from Healthy North Coast that came out last week, which really made it clear um, that they accepted this supply issue, that that was the reason in the main for our um, lagging, certainly behind our neighbours and uh, that we will be getting that supply. Now, how that's delivered, whether there's a mass hub or 
or not, um, that's yet to be determined. Look, part of the roadmap to reopen is a vaccine mandate for teachers as well as early education, uh, childhood education and care workers, uh, which has now been published. Uh, there's a lot of discussion going on about this online and in the community, um, namely that the deadline is unrealistic for regional areas like ours. All teachers in public and private schools will need to have had their uh, first jab and booked in for their second jab by the 8th of November. That's the deadline. What's your view on that? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm troubled by it, um, in all honesty. Uh, I, I haven't seen the risk assessment as to why it is uh, that teachers need to be mandated to be vaccinated in the first place. Um, I would like to see more on that and have a conversation around that as to the necessity of it. Um, I know that there was that case in California where the teacher, I think, infected the whole class and, and, and all this, you know, and there seems to be a bit of a reaction maybe to that. But um, I haven't really seen why it's definitely necessary. I mean, obviously, frontline healthcare workers, that's clear. We've been doing that for years when you're talking about the flu jabs and the like. But, um, yeah, for teaching and other professions, um, even though they're public-facing, I, I, the, I get the argument on some extent, but I would like to see the risk analysis and, and why that couldn't be mitigated potentially through other measures, whether that be uh, regular testing or, or likewise. And, and it has big implications because we already have uh, this housing emergency in our uh, region and, and, and everywhere, really. Um, it's getting worse. But um, what it means is that people can't find places to live, which means they can't work here. And that's across the board, whether it be planners and council, um, teaching, uh, a whole range of professions, uh, industries, hospitality. I mean, the, the, the business uh, community that are for, set up in tourism are talking about the inability to meet peak demand because they just don't have the workers and so to sort of rule out a section of your workforce and we know there is going to be people that, that don't take up um, the jab I think is um, yeah it, it troubles me. Well this leads into a question that um, most people expect me to ask you as Mayor Michael Lyon about the position you've taken on COVID-19 vaccines and vaccinations we're told that the only way out of this pandemic is for all of us to get vaccinated so we can reach that, those targets and open up. We hear this daily from our Premier and health officials, the Prime Minister and other leaders around the country. Why is it that you haven't been sending that message to locals here as the leader of our community in the Byron Shire? Well, I've gone as far as to say that I recommend people refer to the public health advice. Um, I've been very strong on people following the public health orders and following the law. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the law, as it stands, enables people to have a choice. Um, and I don't presume to tell people what to do with their personal, personal medical choices. Now, that may not be a popular position, uh, but that's the position that I have. It's how I feel about it. I don't tell my friends or my family to get vaccinated and so I'm not going to tell people I don't know 
uh, or encourage them, if you like, or however you want to frame it. I'm not going to shame them or bully them or push them or, or tell them that, you know, they're letting us all down. It's just not how I engage. Um, I uh, am here to represent everyone and I want to keep an open dialogue with everyone. Um, and for me, that is a, a choice that people have under the law and it's not really, uh, I don't see the, ro- the role of mayor is to tell people what to do with choices that they have under the law. Well, a number of other mayoral candidates, as you know, have taken a very different approach on this. Uh, Mark Swivel, Azrin Pugh and Kate uh, Curry in particular, they've all taken strong positions in terms of advocating directly for people to get vaccinated. I mean, Azrin even took a photo of himself getting vaccinated, um, encouraging people to do the same thing. And um, I know a lot of people see the role of community leaders as role models uh, who should be sending out these um, strong public uh, health messages, especially at a time of a pandemic. What, What do you say to that? Yeah, um, look, I, I, as I say, I, I accept that there are people with other views um, on this. Uh, but for me, people are getting this information from enough sources. They hear it from the uh, Premier and the Health Minister every day at 11 o'clock. Um, there's bombardment of it on social media. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that uh, the Mayor, uh, or in, and me in this case, going out there and... and, and, and you know, providing, if you like, this role model or leadership in that sense is actually going to be that effective. Um, and, and in some ways, I think it could be counterproductive. Have you yourself been vaccinated, Michael? No, I have a, a, an appointment I originally booked a couple of months ago when we saw that Sydney was going the way it was going. Um, I'd made the decision for myself that I would um, get vaccinated, get a Pfizer jab. I booked an appointment which was in November. We just had a special allocation given to council and councillors and council staff, which uh, I'm taking up, and uh, that's actually at uh, 10 o'clock uh, today, which is a Monday, even though we are you know, doing this on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so tomorrow is, is uh, today, as, as listeners hear this, I'll, um, I'll be getting that, I think it's... It's around 10 o'clock. So your first jab as, well, okay, shortly after people hear this interview, you'll be getting jabbed. Will you take a photo and put it on your socials? No. All right. What do you say to people who think it's an irresponsible position for a mayor to take, to be putting out the message that it's your individual choice instead of it's all of our duty? in order to protect ourselves and others and to reopen? Well, look, I, if I'm pushed to say something, I don't necessarily have anything particularly to say on that, but um, if it really matters that much to people, um, there is an election coming up. There's a range of candidates, um, and, and if this is a major issue for people, well, then they'll be able to, to use their vote to indicate that. But, um, you know, the council is a lot more than, than this issue, uh, and uh, I hope that people will consider... Uh, what we've done in the last five years and what our platform is over the next two and a half years of the next term. Um, And uh, we'll see that I measure up pretty favourably. Some might say this is a high-risk strategy of yours. Do you think uh, it could determine the election result? Uh, Look, I don't know about that, but um, one thing I'll make really clear, it's it's not a strategy and uh, it's, it's just simply me relating how I feel. 
um, and and what I think about it and what makes me feel comfortable. And if you want to put it in strategic terms, the best strategy I've got is to be myself uh, and uh, to to be honest about how I feel and what I do and and um, and put my best foot forward. Okay, well, let's move on. We'll uh, move on to the cause of this latest lockdown, the film production worker uh, who showed complete disregard for COVID exemption conditions. Uh, You've done lots of national media over the past week on all of this. Uh, You have rescinded Council's approval for the Love Island production from the same studios that brought I'm a Celebrity and COVID to the region. Just explain what that actually means, because... They'll still be allowed to film here for 30 days. Is that, is that right? Yeah, so under the filming protocol, if they want to have a, a, in a rural area filming beyond 30 days, then they need to get council approval or at least a letter of support from council will be taken into consideration by the planning minister uh, and then they have to go through the whole act of parliament and, and a state planning policy amendment um, in, in order to, to have that extended filming period. Now, we saw that with Nine Perfect Strangers and they furnished us with, furnished us with a, a wealth of information uh, to support that application, um, including COVID safety, economic benefits, local jobs, uh, and it's the, it's the same with any production that wants to go longer than 30 days in the Shire, uh, and that's the approval process. Now, we initially uh, had a pretty dim view of it, given the excavation and the, just the attitude that they sort of came into our area with, uh, without approval. Um, they sort of did a 180 and really came back to us with a really strong COVID plan. Um, local jobs, about 20% uh, local jobs plus trades work. And, and in this environment, we had to make a call. Um, and I did this in, in consultation with my fellow councillors. Um, so we decided to, to proceed, to allow them to proceed or at least to provide a letter of support. Um, but then, you know, uh, the most recent event where... Uh, well okay just going back part of that approval process when we had that conversation with them was um, what I said to them was I want to see you with a 14 day quarantine period where no one that's coming from a region with cases comes into a contact with any of our community Um, so they originally they ran through what would happen they'd be staying in a hotel etc and I said right so they're going to order Uber Eats and they're like well you know they could I said well no that's not going to work you need to actually make sure in that 14 days that they are completely isolated from any member of our community and that you have a chaperone that does this that was all agreed everything's fine okay we'll 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 proceed Uh, and then we learn um, which we would have thought that extended to to the previous you know anything that they were doing Um, we learn from the I'm a celebrity that that didn't happen this lady was allowed to get off the plane in Ballina do all of those things for for the next couple of days now really good strong testing regime so that part was in place and that's you know for the most part looks like it's done its job we caught it early Uh, the chances she was asymptomatic she wasn't sick the chances that she's passed on infection to other members of our community is is small because of the fact that we caught it so early but they didn't live up to that side of the bargain in my view and and so that trust was broken um, and uh, we we rescinded approval but they they're going to keep filming we can't stop that well, we can't stop it for under 30 days. No, that's, that's yeah. correct. And, and they've still got people here. It was a makeup artist from Sydney. I'm sure we've got lots of makeup artists here. A lot of people struggle to understand how bringing a makeup artist from Sydney to be part of this reality show filming during our lockdown is essential. 
Well, this is what's probably not understood, is you don't have to be essential in order to come here. You only need to show that you don't, otherwise, you can't otherwise work from home. So if you can show that your job, which obviously anything in the TV and film industry uh, would be, if your job uh, requires you to be on set, well then, boom, there's your permit. Uh, and under the government rules, you don't need to do any testing. You don't need to show a negative test before you leave, any of that. That's all coming from the film industry protocol. So that was the good thing about this case, was that they did have that. She was tested before she left. She was tested twice on arrival and then tested two days later uh, as well. And that's when it got picked up. So there's there's some real holes in, in, in this whole kind of thing. And that's why we've been calling for tighter restrictions on and, and making it so that it has to be essential work in order yeah. to come out or essential purposes to, to come up here and I'm sure you heard the story about the 57,000 real estate inspections that uh, since the 20th of August that have been permitted if you like through statewide. Service New South Wales statewide but a good proportion of them coming to the Byron Shire so totally outrageous for a listener so there's no way that we can prevent them from filming for these 30 days we, we can't injunct the filming given the emergency situation here here, I mean it's a pandemic one of their workers have brought COVID to our community surely we've got a very strong case to stop the filming altogether until we get a, a system that works in place well, there's no mechanism within the film protocol or, or anything there. The only way that's going to happen is if you actually shut down non-essential travel, uh, which has been called for. The MPs have called for it now. The local MPs wrote a letter. Um, we've been saying it for weeks, you know, leading up to the last lockdown lift, um, that we needed those tighter restrictions in place combined with lifting of lockdown. So, Would that include the film productions, though? It'll in- well, I think it should include all non-essential um, work, really um, and I know that's tough for those that work in those industries and look and I've had representations from them too that wanted us to continue with the Love Island even though what had happened um, you know and and there's no doubt that it's uh, if you're in that industry you know it's it's tough if that were to be shut down as, as all of the other reasons that people come up here to work or inspect real estate or whatever it might be but it's just six or eight weeks I just think you know um, I'd love to see the Premier announce as part of this roadmap uh, that travel to regions with no cases is, is tightened up um, into that, in that intervening period. Watch this space. Mayor Michael Lyon, thank you very much for speaking to us here at Bay FM. It's always a pleasure, Fernando. Mm-hmm.